Open your Bibles with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Back to the text where we were this morning. We'll start reading in verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This is a tough text. It's an interesting text. And you young people especially, I want you to give me good attention tonight. I want you to really consider what I'm saying. And I'm going to ask you to either be looking at the Scriptures or be looking at me. And you parents, grandparents, those of you with no children, this is such an important text for us. It's so important. We are sowing and reaping. As we said this morning, we need to sow into the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Is that right? And we'll reap benefit as a church from that. Look at verse 10. As we have have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What is the household of faith? We've looked at the verse many times, the Apostle Paul writing in, in 1 Timothy. He says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So here we are to do good to those who are of the household of faith. That's an investment. So we invest spiritually by restoring a fallen brother in verse 1. We also bear one another's burdens in verse 2. We invest by bearing burdens with them. So, restoring fallen, bearing burdens, and helping financially. That's that's how we invest. There's another way that we invest. We invest by carrying our own weight, pulling our own weight. You know, uh, it it is such a blessing. It is such a blessing. Uh, I'll I'll throw out one couple. I saw them sitting back there. The yo's. It's been a blessing, even though usually when people start moving to the back like that, they're backslidden. But it is, it is such a blessing to have a couple like that come to the church um, not to be served, but to serve. Amen? They've come in. They're pulling their own weight. And I imagine people have loved you also. <laughs> so you're getting the benefit of that. that that's the idea. Amen? That's, that's the idea. So we sow here in the text by helping people when they fall. We sow by helping bear one another's burdens. Life is hard. We sow by carrying our own weight. And we sow by helping financially when other brothers and sisters in Christ need help. There's another way that we sow, and that's in verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And we mentioned this morning that that is for Pastors, that's for those who are in vocational ministry, that it is the job of those who are being fed to feed the one who's feeding them. That's that's the idea. And that's an investment that you make. Um, Now, how many of you think this is an easy 
text. This verse right here is an easy text for a preacher to stand up and talk about. I can tell you this, it's not. Um, but I can't in good conscience just go past it. So here's what I want you to know. That, that Nathan and Shauna should never, should never have a need. Amen? And, and like, as Americans... As Americans, we don't really have a lot of genuine needs. But within our culture, things do happen. You know, the air conditioning goes out in the car. It needs to be fixed, right? In our culture, you can't get to the, to the meeting as a pastor, you know, with sweat pouring off of you and make a good, have a good testimony, right? That's that, that kind of thing. Um, so they should never have a need. Laura and I should never have a need. That's the idea of it, um, but notice what's first, that we bear one another's burdens. Then you get down to the preacher. And I think if that order is on purpose. That order is on purpose. So what are some of the needs that Nathan and Shauna and Laura and I and our children would have? I'll tell you this. The, the two primary needs that we have, and, and just so you know, this, this text is about finances. So don't, don't misunderstand that. It's about material things. Um, we're doing pretty good materially. But we need prayer desperately. We need encouragement. Um, one of the things that I'm seeing as I have the opportunity to travel and, and preach, and then as I interact with friends who are in the ministry, I don't know if I've ever seen pastors more discouraged than I'm seeing them right now. It's hard to be a Bible-believing preacher in this culture. It's hard. People are distracted. Do you know how hard it is to prepare sermons and give yourself and people more interested in everything in the world than that? That's a difficult thing to do um, from a human standpoint. Now, the Holy Spirit can help you do anything. So pray. Pray for, pray for me. Pray for Pastor Nathan. Pray for our families. Um, pray for Shauna. When, when Nathan's up here working late at night and there's all kinds of work that needs to be done and all these different projects that we have going, you need to pray for Shauna. Pray for Chloe. Pray that we can prioritize our families in our schedule. Pray, pray that we have discernment on how to do those things. Remember that. And, you know, when, when you're blessed by something that happens in this ministry, say something. Amen? You know, if Laura's a blessing to you, say something to Laura. Let her know that, that she has benefited you as your pastor's wife. These things, we can, we can become very neglectful in, in how we pray and how we treat people. Amen? Teach your children to pray for the pastor. Teach your children to pray for their Sunday school teacher. You know, Christmas time's coming. Make sure your Sunday school teacher gets a note from the children. Let them know that you care, that you're communicating to them. Um, I see Carol sitting back there. Were there times when you felt like your dad wasn't appreciated? Yeah. <laughs> Especially during the building project. It seems like we've been in a building project for about 15 years, haven't we? Oh, you know, pray. Pray for us. Consider the work. The Bible says, esteem them highly for their work's sake. Amen? Let's do that. Then, let's go on to the next verse. And this is where I want us to spend most of our time tonight. 
Be not deceived, verse 6, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I have written um, several thoughts about this. And so I know it's hard to, to listen to someone read. But I really want you, you young people especially... Plug in with me here for a minute, okay? Really listen to what I'm saying. Wherever you young people are in the room, really listen to this. And parents, let this soak in. Foundational truths. Here's the first foundational truth. Whatever you have done in your life, if you will repent and come to Jesus, He died on the cross to pay for that, and He will forgive you. That's a foundational truth. There are no ands, there's no buts, that's it. Jesus Christ will forgive you for whatever sin you commit. His blood has washed that away if you'll take it to Him. Amen? That's a foundational truth. But here is the second foundational truth. There is nothing in the Bible that promises that Jesus will come and take away all of the consequences of your actions. So here are two truths that stand side by side. Jesus Christ died on the cross for everything you've ever done, everything you will ever do, and if you'll come to Him, He'll forgive you. That's a truth. Amen? Amen? But here's a, a corresponding truth. Not a contradictory truth. A corresponding truth. God never promised, nowhere in the Bible are you promised that God will take away the consequences of your actions. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, what does it say? That shall he also reap. It's a foundational truth. Many people make a profession of faith, but have no interest in turning from sin and following Jesus. They just want to get out of the particular situation that brought them to church that day. Have you ever seen somebody? They get in trouble. Something goes wrong in the marriage. They get fired from their job. And they come and get saved. Now, if it's a genuine conversion, praise God for that. But many times what happens is they just want to be, they, they want the consequences for their failure to be removed. That's not what salvation does. Gives you eternal life, praise God. Doesn't save you from your consequences of your actions in this life. Tell me if you agree with this. We live in a careless society. Young people, listen to this statement. Everybody look up here at me. We live as if what I do today has no impact on my life tomorrow. That is the life of a fool. It's a fool. We have people who seem incapable of understanding that what is happening to me today is the direct outcome of the decisions I made and what I did yesterday. See, young people, it's hard for you to get this right now. It's hard for you to get this. 
you know, we got to go to the Arlings house. Well, there are lots of people who work at Honda who don't have a home like the Arlings do. Well, they started with a, with a beater and they fixed it up and sold it. And how many times did you do that? Fixed up two, built one, and now they get to live in this house. That we're fixing up. That they're fixing up. <laughs> that the kids are turning into a beater. <laughs> and so what happens is you'll have people who go into a good job in Honda. Praise God for people who get to work at Honda. It's a good job. And yet there are some people that work at Honda that will live in a shack, and there are other people that have a nice home. What's the difference? How they started sewing years ago. Is that right? You all agree with that? Those are the things that we have to think about. Sewing. Sewing. This is really important. When you set things in motion in this life, it can be very difficult to turn those things around. And sometimes they can never be turned around. Is that right? You can start down a course in life as a believer, and all of a sudden you're in this situation and you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I made a bad decision. How am I going to get out of this? You understand the Word of God doesn't promise to save you from your bad decisions. There's all kinds of wisdom in the Word of God. We can't bypass all of those warning signs and sow things that are going to lead us to a destruction physically and think that God's going to turn it around. Now, if this was a drama, if I was trying to affect you emotionally, I wouldn't stop and say this. But here's the truth. When you mess up, you might have to live in those consequences, but God's grace will help you. You don't have to go through those mistakes without the grace of God. And it's always better to get God's forgiveness and get on the right track in the trouble than it is to keep on going into more trouble. Amen? Now, let's go back. We deceive ourselves if we think we can plant corn and harvest apples. Now, I'm not much of a farmer, but I know that. Right? Look at what it says. Verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, what does it say? That shall he also reap. You know that that's a law? Regardless of what evolution says, you don't get oranges out of apples. Is that right? You cannot sow carnality and reap holiness. You can't live a life that is simply immersed in the world, in a worldly thinking, worldly literature, worldly entertainment, worldly friends, worldly pursuits. Give God an hour, two, or three a week. And think that the result of that is going to be a holy life. And here's the part that I think that the adults could help the kids with. If you'll sow holy thinking today, 
you'll be able to make holy decisions later. Um, young people, I want you to, I want, you that are at the front, I want you to turn around. I want you to turn around and look at the crowd. Adults, how many of you have things in your minds that you wish weren't there? Only God has the ability to forget. You can look back up here. I wanted you to see that. I wanted you to see that. And what they would say, I could just about cry right now. What they would say to you, don't look at that. Don't do it. Don't see it. Stay away from it. Here's the deal. If you sow immoral relationships now as a young person, that's going to bear fruit when you get married down the road. Whether it's through a disease, whether it's through a, a, a lack of trust from your husband or your wife, a lack of respect. Be so careful what you're sowing in your life right now. Be careful. What are you sowing? What are you preparing? What are you giving yourself to? You cannot sow carnality and reap holiness. Number two, you cannot sow selfishness and reap selflessness. We have such a selfish society. It's all about me. It's about my grades. It's about my hairstyle. It's about my popularity. It's about, it's not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about what He's called us to do, what He's created us to do. And we yield ourselves to Him. We say, Lord, I'm yours. Do with me what you will. And we sow those habits and those attitudes into our lives now. And life becomes so much easier down the road. I want you to think about this. If I'm in the midst of reaping what I have sown, I have no right to be angry with God. Have you ever heard somebody say their life's a wreck? I can't believe God would do this to me. Here's the, tell me if y'all can finish this. You made your bed. Yeah, now lie in it. <laughs> that is tough, isn't it? I, I think of the prodigal son. That prodigal son, he... He didn't want to live in his father's house. Brother Steve Clayton at our man camp, he did such a good job with this text. Remember the prodigal son, he, he went to his father and he said, give me my inheritance. And his father gave him his, his inheritance. And he went into a far country and he wasted his inheritance on riotous living. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what that riotous living is, but you can imagine. Is that right? And where does he end up? In a pig pen eating what the pigs eat. Isn't that just the best picture of the world that there is? Uh, you know, how many of you want to die like Michael Jackson? You want to die like Elvis Presley? I know you're thinking, who's Elvis Presley? <laughs> Died in the toilet. You know, uh, what's going on? You know, you see these stars and all this garbage that goes around in their lives. What is that? That's, that's the pig pen. And they make it look so pretty for you. 
And it's not. Do you know what's beautiful? Sitting in my house today, football game on, leaves falling down, beautiful wife over here, here. ugly kids <laughs> over here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Man, that's the life. It's just awesome for Doug to look down and say 18 years. 18 years. Were there times in those 18 years when it was tough? Yesterday, right? (laughs) What is that? That's sowing. That's sowing. And it's reaping. Oh. If I'm in the midst of reaping what I have sown, I have no right to be angry at God. I put this package in the mail addressed to me 10 years ago. It's my turn to go to the mailbox today and get that package I sent to myself. I can't send it back. What are you mailing today? What are you doing? What are you sowing? Young person, you still with me? Young people, you still with me? You can come to this altar six months from now and weep and cry and tell God you're sorry. But when you get up and leave that altar, you'll still have lost your purity. The baby will still be in the womb. And the decision you've made will affect you for the rest of your life. Amen, adults? Amen. Young man, you can go to the bar and you can drink and you can get into a fight, be a man and kill somebody. And while you're in jail, you can get right with God and God will forgive you, but you'll still be in jail and that person will still be dead. Consequences. It's not a video game. It's real. What are you sowing Our society is so messed up. Spring break, college parties, prom night, it's a lie. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Parents, we need to help our kids. See, look at the text. Be not deceived. This is not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Don't be deceived. This world, it's deceptive. They'll lie to you. They'll make it look pretty and shiny and wonderful. And it's death. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't kid yourself about the results of sowing to the flesh. And I want you to understand something. And this is... This is for the adults as much as it is for the kids. I want you to think about something. We have anybody here that's done any farming? You've done farming? You know something about it? Less in this community than I would have thought. I think that we can all grasp this concept, though. Um, now, I'm the farthest thing in the world from a farmer, but I get this. You reap more than you sow. Right? If I, if I sow a seed of corn... Well, I'll get a corn stalk and there will be several heads of corn on that stalk 
and many kernels of corn. You get more than you sow. Is that right? If you plant an apple seed. You, now, t- tell me if I'm wrong. What, what did, I, did I say something wrong? Ear, what did I call them? Heads. Whatever. I told you I'm not a farmer. I should have known that, though. It reminds me when I was fishing, we were fishing, Lydia's fishing out at my father-in-law's place in Oklahoma, and she pulls this fish out. She says, Dad, what kind of fish is that? I don't know, Paul, my father-in-law, what is that? She said, that's a largemouth bass. I said, I probably should have known that one. (laughs) But you're sowing seeds. Tell me if I'm right on this one. Help me out. You eat an apple, has a seed in it. You can take that one seed from that apple and grow a tree. Is that right? which can produce many, many apples. Right? So I want you to think about something. When Carrie and Brent, and they invest in those TNT kids week after week after week, that sowing of time produced eternity. <laughs> Did you get more than you sowed? Yeah, how can you? What's better than that? Other than seeing your own kids come to Christ? I hope that they will someday. <laughs> what, what's better than that? Nothing. But young people, I want you to get this. What you sow for evil, what you sow to the flesh produces more than you sowed. That little bit of sin that you sow produces a lot of sin in your life. That little bit of carnality Evil thinking, deceptiveness, lying to your parents, lying to your teachers, that little bit of cheating, it produces more and more and more of that into your life until you're just a completely immoral person. Parents, I want you to think about something. Um, And I want to be careful in how I say this because you're holy people. You're godly people. There's no one here who has a desire to see their children be worldly. Would you all agree with that? Be careful what you're sowing in their lives. You know, what... Let me just use this as an example because I talk about it a lot. I don't want it to be like I'm beating you over the head. I'm going to use this because it's a familiar illustration in our church. Um, Many of you... You're very active in the community. You're active in activities at school, whether it's a drama or a sports activity or whatever. doesn't matter if it's a Christian school or the public school or whatever. All of us, you all have activities that you're involved in. Parents, be careful. This would be my challenge to you. Be careful what you allow those activities to replace. Because you're sowing priorities into your kids' lives. And do you, do you reap more or less of what you sow? So remember, what you do in your moderation, your children will do to excess. That's a scary thought. Let's be, let's be really careful about what what priorities we're sowing into the lives of our children. 
so important that we understand this. You always reap more than you sow. So what are we going to do? We need to, what I need to understand, young people, think about this. I need to shape my reaping in the future by, but what I'm, by what I'm sowing now. How many of you, you young people, how many of you, it's your desire to live for the Lord? You want to live a godly life? That's your desire. Is it really? Or are you just raising your hand because you're church? See, that's the decision that you have to make. And I'm not mocking you. I know that's group think. Oh, uh, 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 what, what, what did he say? Okay. When I was in Bible college, I remember we did this to a guy. We saw that he was kind of nodding off. It's a chapel. There's 2,000 people here in this chapel. Hey, uh, hey, Mike. Mike, Dr. Evans asked you to pray. Dear Lord. And this guy's preaching up at the front. That was awesome, man. <laughs> How many of you think that was wrong? Yes. I wonder what I'm going to reap from that. Church members like you guys. That's what I reaped. Um, you know, it, it's, it's very easy in a church service around your Christian friends to say, yeah, I want to live for the Lord. What are you going to do at school tomorrow? When that joke's being told or that, you know, that, that book's being passed around or what, what, what decision are you going to make there? See, right now you've got to decide, I want to have a godly home. Uh, some of you, you know, how many of you are in 10th grade or older? Would you raise your hand? 10th grade or older? All right. See, you guys are deciding now what you're going to do with your lives. You know, don't you love this? What are you, what are you going to do? What do you want to be? I don't know. I don't know. It took me until I was like 30. I don't know. But you're, you are sowing things in your life that will open up possibilities for your closed doors. You're sowing that in your life right now. And so regardless of what you go into, whether you go into the ministry, I hope some of you will go into the ministry full-time vocationally. I hope that some of you will do that. But if that's not what God has for you, then are you going to serve the Lord in whatever vocation that you choose? You understand you're sowing that in your life right now. You're making those decisions right now. I'll give you an example. How many of you have ever walked into my office and you've thought this? Man, that's a lot of books. Have you ever thought that? I get that. I get this a lot too. Have you read all of these books? I usually say yes, every one of them. It's a lie, but yes, every one of them. But I want you to think about something. Do you know how those books got in there? Most of them one at a time. Just got this book. I'm doing this study. Need to read this book. Doing this study. Need to read this book. And over 25 years, you end up with a few books. Is that right? You know that your life is that way? If you want to know God, you learn a little bit more about God every day. And after 30 years of that, you know God. That's, you're sowing that in your life right now. Another illustration that came to my mind, and these are just personal things. Um, how many of you have ever said, I want to answer questions the way Pastor Alter does? Have you ever... I want to be able to do that. I don't know if I've told you this. Here's where that started. I was in, a, I was in seventh or eighth grade at our Christian school, and there were some kids there who didn't believe in eternal security. So I got my Bible out, and I went and talked to my dad, and I started doing some research on how to defend the biblical doctrine of eternal security. I was 13 maybe. That's where it started. 
I got into college and we got into the Purdue ministry and we'd go to Purdue and we'd give people the gospel. And I'd try to witness to guys. I remember witnessing to this guy. He was a doctoral student in physics. And you all understand my math skills, right? And so I'm giving him the gospel. And I know I've told you the story, so I won't give you all the details. But when he, he asked me this question, he said, so Jesus Christ died for my sins, right? And I said, yes. He said, and Jesus Christ is God, right? I said, yes. I'm thinking, he's getting it. He said, then did God die? I thought God was eternal. Well, he is. I didn't know how to answer that. I do today. What happened? I went back. After that guy asked me the question I couldn't answer, and I studied it out, and I found the answer. And I went and told my dad I'd found this answer. He said, you just now figured that out. (laughs) Dad was such an encouragement. Why do I answer questions now? Because I wanted to serve the Lord and answer questions. Fifteen years ago when I became pastor, Pastor Bill had been here for 46 years. He was a man of God. He had been in the ministry all of these years. I wanted to demonstrate to the church that I could handle God's Word. So we had question and answer every Wednesday night. If I didn't know the answer, I'd say, you know what, I better get back to you next week on that. What was I doing? I was sowing. I was sowing. And now I reap, I'm able to answer questions quickly. All of you can do that. Everything that I've just described, all of you can do that. You sow a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Um, we are gratification-driven, not greatness-oriented. Dalton Robertson, of course, he had to quote Nick Saban to me from Alabama. But listen to what he said. You are either living in your vision or you're living in your circumstances. You are either living in your vision or you're living in your circumstances. It's so important for us to get this. There's some Right on the back there, our mission, to mold each individual into Christ's image and mobilize all to minister God's Word to the world. How are we going to mobilize you to minister God's Word to the world? We're going to sow in you an appetite for God's Word. We're going to make it the emphasis of everything that we do here. We're going to pray for you. We're going to have Awana. We're going to have Bible Club. We're going to have Wednesday night Bible study. We're going to get you in the Word of God. And then we're going to say, hey, here's some door hangers. Here's your first step. Go out and give that to somebody. Go hang it on a door somewhere. Go put it on somebody's windshield. Do something for God, and that will open up an opportunity. You might have a conversation at a doorstep, and somebody asks you a question you can't answer, and then you go back and find the answer, and you'll never forget it. See, we're sowing. We're sowing. You can commit one hour a day for five years. Listen. You give yourself one hour a day for five years to just about anything, you'll become almost expert in it. You can better yourself in many things. So let's wrap this up. How are we going to put handles on this? The first thing that I want you to see is the, de- the deceptiveness of today. The deceptiveness of today. Here's what we say. I tried it and it didn't hurt me. You know, you, you, you get that cigarette. And I tried that and it didn't hurt me. Well, then you have cancer 20 years from now. See, that's sowing something. You take that drink. I tried that drink and it didn't hurt me. And then you're an alcoholic 20 years from now. You're sowing something. 
I tried it and it didn't hurt me. And then here's the other side of it, or the deceptiveness of today. I tried it and it didn't hurt me. How about this? I tried it and it didn't help me. I tried eating right for a week and, you know, nothing happened. Forget it. And then 20 years from now, you have diabetes and neuropathy and, you know, limbs are falling off. It's tough, isn't it? We're sowing something. Or how about this? I tried it and it didn't help me. I prayed today and I still had a bad day. I read the Bible and bad things happened. You're sowing a lifestyle. And you'll reap that 20 years from now. Sowing, investing. So, the deceptiveness of today. Ready for this though? The delightfulness of tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's a good thing if you sow the right thing today. Look at our text. Verse 9. And let us not be weary in what? Well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know what? I think about this. How many of you have lost loved ones? Would you raise your hand? Lost loved ones. Um, you know, I've already talked about Brent and Carrie. Carrie's mom got saved recently. Ima- in the last year or so. Imagine if Brent and Carrie had gotten mad about something at church and they started bad-mouthing Grace Baptist when they had brought their mom here year after year after year to hear the gospel. And then she didn't get saved. What is that? That's sowing love, sowing grace, sowing forgiveness, sowing long-suffering. Sowing temperance and reaping mom in heaven. You see, all of us, we're sowing something. You parents, sow obedience in your children. And you'll reap glory. But a disobedient child's heaviness to his mother. It's all investment, isn't it? Sowing and reaping. So young people, what are you sowing today? Are you sowing faith? Are you sowing obedience? Are you sowing time in the scriptures and the word of God and prayer? Or are you sowing to the flesh? What are you sowing? Parents, what are you sowing in your life right now? Where are you going to be 20 years from now? Where are you going to be in your faith 20 years from now? I hope that you've grown. Because... Time will pass. Brother Tom, was your hair always gray? Is it now? now? You see, Alzheimer's has set in. He doesn't even understand. It it happens. You know, when I was... (laughs) I'll say this and I'll be done. Man, I remember when I was a young man, I played basketball constantly. I was always in the gym. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to get fat. I'm never. These guys that can't run anymore, that's never going to be me. I got arthritis in my back. My knees all messed up. I can't even lift my arm over my head right now. I'm a mess. Why? I'm getting older. I'm getting older. That football that I played when I was young, I'm paying for it when I'm old. Anybody say amen to that? Let me say this. I'll throw this in. This is for free. All right? You girls, I want you to think about something. You girls that are playing sports, have fun and enjoy it, but be careful how long you do it. Your body's not made for that. 
Amen? Amen. Let's have our ladies understand. You'll tear up your body. It'll be destroyed. And then what do you got? You got a messed up body you got to live with for the rest of your life. Be careful. Be careful. You young men that aren't developing your strength, you'll be weak and fragile the rest of your life. Get strong. Get strong. Amen? Get strong. Exercise. Exercise. You'll be glad later. You'll be glad later. It'll help you. And get in the Word. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father,